walking like she's walking. <laughs> that was my tribute to David Bowie, the late great David the Bowie. Ziggy Stardust. You know, we're all stardust, Mike. And we are all made of stars. Uh, that is what we came to say here on Like Trees Walking. <laughs> this is the worst episode ever. <laughs> you are star. You are stardust. You are the stuff of the universe. Welcome. Uh, isn't that the? Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. That's the Desi Dorada, right? You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees. Do you know this? No, I don't know anything about this. Oh, this is a like a '60s hippie thing. It was on every dorm room. It's before my time, but I learned about it through older brothers and things like that. It was a. Uh, it was purported to be found in a church, but it was obviously just New Age claptrap that had been <laughs> assembled in some sort of. But weird it was like a. It put on a creep. poster or what? Yeah, it was like put on a, a like a fake aged poster, ah. and then it recreated hundreds of millions of times, and and it was just sort of a vague. Anyway, look it up. It's uh, the Desi Dorada. I don't know what that means. How would you even spell that? I, I don't know. It's Desi Arnaz plus, I don't know, <laughs> Jacques Derrida. <laughs> Probably about as good as something they would come yes. up with, right? Luthi! That was. That was their prank. That's what the whole Desi Dorado was. We just unlocked the key to that. Uh, no, this is Like Trees Walking, and when we're not making up weird riffs like that, we are here to talk about the big issues of life, the big important things about being human, where we fit in the universe, what is our purpose, uh, you know, uh, do we all die alone and afraid knowing no one ever loved us, or is there something more? And uh, we come at it from a Christian perspective, but we welcome all perspectives to listen and chew on what we have to say and think about it, and uh, we will think about your feedback Ruminate. As much as we can. We want people to ruminate. We do. We will have a couple of stomachs, and we will <laughs> ruminate. How many? Did a cow have four stomachs? I, you know what? This is embarrassing. I've, I've lived among the cows. <laughs> I was raised <laughs> by cows. No, <laughs> no I, I, I come from, I went to high school in farm country. I mm. don't know. I always think it's, is it three stomachs? I feel like it's four stomachs. Really? There's yeah. a fermenting, there's an initial stomach. And then there's a fermenting stomach, and then there's just kind of a normal stomach once it's fermented. And then there's a bonus stomach. There's, then there's a <laughs> one more stomach. And yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So we want you to ruminate, digest, put it through all four stomachs yes. um, before, yeah, before whatever. And uh, today on the podcast, who are you, by the way? Oh, is that important? Oh yeah. gosh, I probably should let yeah. people know. And I am Michael J. Nelson. And uh, you are, the voice that asked me who I am is... David Berge. Pastor David Berge? Pastor, sure. Of, yeah. of pastor fame? Yes, yeah, the famous, the, the famous now infamous pastor. Um, uh, neither of those is true, but I am a pastor who does a podcast with yes. you. So hopefully that makes sense. This is why we're getting together to talk through these things, to make some sense of it, to... Um, yeah, think about the big issues, which we will do today. And then, mm. if you've listened before, if you're a first-time listener, you are in for a treat. <laughs> you you uh, do not have to know the previous uh, editions of this podcast it to enjoy this. It stands on its own two it's, feet. It's on its own. However, mm -hmm. you're in for a treat because we're revisiting a department which uh, is based off the work, the oeuvre, of the great William Joel. And that is coming up in the second half. So exciting. So exciting. Hey, we had a couple weeks off from it. it that was two podcasts Gift. ago. Okay. So 
the gift people that keeps had a on giving. It is, yes. So we'll be revisiting that. But first, let's get to the big topic of the day. Dave, take it away. All right, the big topic of the day is this that there is we see a common this is a this is a common mistake that we see being made when people when people think about um intelligence and and it, intelligence in and of itself is treated not as a characteristic but as a virtue in and of itself. Okay, so meaning that basically if you're a smart person that is in some ways equated with being a good person, a morally good person. Yes. And so, oh yeah, he's smart equals he's good. And we're here to say that those two things, um, while they might be, you know, present, both present in a person, there is no inherent relationship between virtue and intelligence. Zero. Zero between it. Yes, that is correct. Um, I think it can be stated in a number of different ways. Let me bring up a famous example just to sort of Put color in it. What do the business people say? Let me, let me put some meat on the bones for you. Sure. I love, I love those business terms. Synergy. The, is that the only one you know? That has <laughs> nothing to do with this. <laughs> All right. Let's circle back around to okay. this and drill down. Those are also two business okay. terms. <laughs> uh, no, th- here's the, uh, a popular example that, that, to me, got me thinking about this. And I think I raise this as a topic with Dave because of this is people will say um, about their children, oh, I'm surprised that he was caught, you know, smoking pot and stealing a stereo from the uh, AV room because he's such a good student. He gets straight A's. Like, what? That That is a flat-out category error. <laughs> One has nothing to do with the other, but don't don't you think people conflate those in a way? And also in the way that, that uh, an expert, like when we're talking about some sort of high ethical principle or moral principle that is, you know, when we're talking about policy and things like that, they will say, but, you know, a bunch of scientists agree we should harvest the organs of, you know, of living three-year-olds or whatever. That's just, we, they're smart. They're so what, smart. We can't grapple with these things. They know this, right? Th- th- those are two examples. Obviously, my second one was extreme <laughs> on purpose. But, the, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, that's a category error. There's nothing about intelligence that confers decency, morality, or goodness, right? I think... Uh, yes, I I would <laughs> All happen right, to agree with that. Is podcast over. is over. <laughs> but why? So why? I mean, I think the more interesting question is then why? Why is why why are intelligence and virtue seen to be like you know that that there's a correl- correlation between those two characteristics? I would say they were probably if this, if I had to guess. Can I wildly speculate? Yeah, and that's not what. Get that's, in trouble? Yeah, this is our <laughs> podcast. We can do whatever we want. I would say it's an enlightenment idea that also was carried forward into the 20th century, that, that there are, we're crowning a new set of high priests, and these are the scientists, these are the thinkers, these are the psychologists, these are the Freuds, these are the Einsteins, these are the Margaret Sangers, these are the eugenicists, these are the people who they know better than we do. This is the ruling class now. Now that we are wiping away this old thing called religion, we can institute a new priest class. And, right, our and best and our our brightest, the best our, and our the brightest, best and brightest, will through their intelligence usher in a new sort of a new golden era of uh, human, you know, of human development or a new age, almost a 
uh, you know, before human beings were subject to the, you know, slow grinding wheels of, uh, of evolution through, you know, random natural se- selection. But now, at, you know, having come of age, we can seize the reins of our own development. And, you know, by right. implementing a few policies, we can usher in like a golden age of supermen and superwomen who are, you know, intelligent and good. Right. So these, I don't think I'm wrong in saying these are sweeping things that came in through philosophy and through cultural ideas. But the inverse of it is true also where intelligent people, people in places of, of uh, you know, our betters, let's, I'm using that pejoratively, mm-hmm. <laughs> will say, uh, you know, about religion and about the things that used to guide our morality. Well, those are you know, these ancient desert religions needs to be swept away. So the inverse is also true. The intelligentsia believes that religion is for the stupid. And, and uh, stupid people are bad. Yeah. Right? Right, they're inherently. Morally, you're stupid, they're morally, you're morally inferior. Bad. You're yeah. morally inferior. You believe morally inferior ideas, and therefore you are a bad person. And That's, I just like to dis... Those things need to be disentangled. Yokel. Those are not... They're a completely different category. Um, I would just say, as an opening bid, one of the loveliest people I ever knew was a, a mentally challenged individual who was kind, warm, knew right from wrong, loved the Lord. I know that's going to be harsh to hear for some of you, yeah, but that's yeah. that's a term that we use within Christianity, was a person who knew who she was and loved the Lord and was decent to everyone and was one of the kindest, gentlest people that I ever knew. Now, what do you say about that? And and her intelligence would be very, very low in terms of just pure IQ, pure rating it on that. I would say her intelligence is, you know, nearly unimportant in terms of, uh, you know, what you are as a human being, but in terms of the world, her intelligence was low. So it's, it, those things just don't, they, they have nothing to do with one so another. In, nothing. So maybe we could say that in we tend to, uh, over in the post-enlightenment era, we tend to overrate intelligence. Yeah, yeah. That, I, it's, I, that it's overrated. And, and when we think about, I just think as a parent of young, like young kids, um, the way we kind of project our hopes for the future onto our kids, like what do we want, what do we want most for them? You know, uh, I don't know, I feel like my parents told me this when I was growing up, but they were like, you know, people used to wish, okay, when, what, what do they want? You know, when my kids grow up, I want them to grow up, I want them to be good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. want, I want, it was a sort of a aspirational of a, of a moral, of a character. You know, there was a character, character, characterological shape to what you wanted and what you hoped most for your kids. And now it's more something like, I want my kids to grow up and I want them to be happy. So it's more an emotive happy state. Is definitely happy's high on that list, maybe the top. But also, I want my kids to grow up, and I want them to be smart. Yeah, well, I, I think that happy could almost be is almost a synonym for I want them to go to a good school. Yeah, <laughs> where the the happiness really, uh, which that this feeds into that as well that that happiness thing. Like, look, happiness is also morally free. It's morally yeah. There's like, no like. Yeah, it's not tethered necessarily to any anything moral at all. You can I, be a happy like uh, you could be an awful person and be happy. 
I, I jokingly said this to someone the other day that I did tell my kids when they were old enough, when it was age appropriate. And there was a lot of uh, in the schools, it was like, follow your dreams and you'll be happy. There's, and that's pretty much every, you know, Disney movie yeah. since 1987 yeah. or whatever. Follow your dreams and your heart and everything will work out. And I used to tell them, you know who followed their dreams? Pol Pot. <laughs> that's right. He was the happiest guy in the world. He had high self-esteem. <laughs> and he... He murdered an entire country. Like it's just it doesn't. One has nothing to do with the other. And we celebrate. Uh, we really celebrate. Almost, you know, worship people who we see as really, really smart, and we value that so much more than than people who are deeply good um, and decent human beings. Like it's almost the whole notion of. And maybe it's because you know intelligence is something that we feel like can be measured. And beyond our sort of moral reasoning is it's so subjective now for all of us that it's almost like a it's a difficult category because there's no sort of a universal agreement on what makes a good person or what doesn't. So we just go like, right, eh, we, right. We can't you. value that. But intelligence, we can measure. Exactly. Or we yeah. think we can, you know, so like intelligence is objective. We can all agree upon it. And so we can value it and celebrate it because it all it sort of makes sense to all of us. But morality is subjective, it's idiosyncratic, it's personal, so we don't really know what to do with that, so we can't value being a good person as much. Yeah, in an age when truth is entirely subjective, in other words, the subject knows the truth, not yeah. the object, then you are you're stuck with that. You then so yeah, it all transfers over. It I I think it was reflected when I was a kid and maybe a little less so these days just as it's maybe getting in a good way disentangled in the in the medical field you had the white coated doctors and the doctors just told you what to do like and you just did it because yeah. they were you talk about like priests i mean these guys were they were it and and the doctor told you you know oh you're pregnant and your weight's going up you should smoke and people would just do it now that's not entirely a moral thing but it is like that's people just gave over those decisions to to someone else who he had the intelligence to work through these things. Don't you try to, yeah. don't you worry your pretty little head about this. We got this. Yeah. And I think that's, that was reflected in that in, in a very stark way. Yeah. Do we, I mean, and I think we, when we say someone, when we say someone's smart, we all know what that means. When we say someone's good, that's a, like maybe more muddy. Yeah. Like, oh, he's good. Yeah. Like, that's a good, that's a good, a good person. What do we, what do we mean by that when we say that? I don't, I, you know what? I honestly don't know that I've heard anyone say that. About he's good. Anyone. Like, he's a, yeah, we don't, uh, seriously. It's like disappeared from our, from our lexicon. You hear that all he's the time. A really good person. Yeah. Just a good, fundamentally good person. I think, it, and I think it would mean, it, it would look at some of these virtues, which I guess we've probably completely lost the language of virtue, you know, Christian. Christians oh, yeah, used to have the, yeah. you had the, you know, seven, uh, you know, the seven deadly sins, but those were paired too with, right, the seven cardinal virtues. Right. And I'm embarrassed to say, like, I could maybe name, like, just a couple of the cardinal virtues. Probably, like, prudence would be one, right? Prudence. Temperance would be temperance, one. Temperance, wisdom. Chastity. Chastity. Uh, chastity. Bono. <laughs> don't you, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> you said it at the same time I, <laughs> I did. Know. I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We got to four of them. That's, that's Yeah, and that's, it. I think yeah. it's very indicative that the, those, 
I would probably name the Seven Deadly Sins. I mean, I have seen the movie Seven um, oh, multiple yes. times, so you know, I, I have a bit. There's no Seven like the sequel about the virtues, but that a that a uh, sort of a virtue ethic, a formation of uh, like the idea is we want to form people in these virtues because that's what makes the best human life. That mm-hmm. that's totally lost. It's like no, 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 no. It, it's too squishy, too. You know, but intelligence, it's hard and it's fast and it leads you to being the master of your own fate and of the universe and to success. So we lift up intelligence and we completely neglect the formation of character and virtue in people. Right. And and uh, it just putting that in its place, again, the, the, uh, the schools, I've heard so many times, like pe- parents being amazed when their college student goes to a good school and then has a breakdown of some sort, either morally or... And what does a good school even mean? I don't know. And, Isn't and that it's, interesting? But it, that language is just... That that seems to have replaced any talk of, like, how is your child? Oh, he's he's a wonderful guy. He really, you know... Nobody ever talks about no, that. No, that's weird. Like, oh, he's a lawnmower right now, but he's so great. He's he's really, you know... It would always, be embarrassing. You know, yeah. It's think always it's, a utility. It's about their utility as a human being yeah. in terms of the world, and it's never their goodness it's yeah because i mean think if you know if uh you know when your kids they finish college and just if you find some you know pretty menial job but just is very good you'd still be and you're just so proud of his character and mm-hmm. the, the man he is becoming but if he didn't have that you know white collar creative or intellectually you know satisfying job to talk about him and you know when you're having the, the friends over for dinner or cocktails you'd be embarrassed you know, yeah. the, the, the parent who has like the absolute jerk mess of a kid who's a doctor <laughs> right. would be sitting there bragging and feeling so good. And the person with just the kid of high character, but like not of, you know, a super successful career or it displaying, you know, incredible intelligence, they'd be like, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's good. It's almost like a, it's like a he's struggling <laughs> a little bit. He's, uh, <laughs> it's like the participation <laughs> trophy of life is being good. He's trying to pull himself together. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, our point is that you should ruin dinner parties by going, I met that guy. He was a jerk. <laughs> and, and Great I, doctor, but what a jerk. We, I think the point is we have, we have made an idol of intelligence. Yes. Um, and it's to our detriment. And a, what the Christian can bring, and what I, I think we've actually lost, and we've sort of bought, I think, in the Christian faith, we've, we've probably just... In the church, in America at least, we've probably bought into this almost as much as anyone else. Though I will say in Christian communities, people who there's a real high value placed on people that a lot of times the rest of society just neglects yes. and tosses yeah, away. For people sure. with mental retardation or mental health issues, you know, I've seen time and time and time and time again in the church, those people are valued. Their existence is affirmed yes. and 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 valued. Um and so in that way, like those those people's in our presence, being honored and valued it speaks against that. But we haven't maybe made the connection where it's not just, you know, those people who, you know, physical, uh, like their physical nature might lead them to be of lower intelligence. So we accept that for them because they can't get to this one era, area or uh, achievement. So we accept that for them. But we go, well, maybe that same thing should apply to us. Like we value these people because of their presence and also the goodness that they display and bring so often um, that we should be trying to cultivate those virtues in ourselves, irrespective of our 
you know, mental, you know, our intelligence capacities. So a turn towards virtue, I think, is is in order. And a recovery of a virtue ethic, I think, for Christians could uh, would, is a necessary corrective to the idolatry of, of, uh, of intelligence that we've made. And so I'm convicted. I would also say this, just for the secular person out there, I think you would be, even if you don't accept this whole enterprise known as Christianity, which... I hope you do, yeah. And I actually pray that you do. But uh, cultivating virtue in your children, rather than stressing about schools, I would say would make all of you happier people. And just if you don't believe the virtue, just take the grab bag of, <laughs> you know, the general yeah, things. Yeah. Just take the grab bag of of secularized Western virtues, which is goodness and kindness and charity and all the things that we mentioned, yeah, and yeah. cultivate that in your children. You know what? Do that, get back to me in 21 years, and I'll bet you, you'd be happier than if you worried about which school they went to. All of your people would, all of the people in your family would be happier in that term that we all talk about happy than if you had done the opposite and worried about their school. Totally. And I think that, again, it can help in this, you know, I think as a as parents in this world and we think about our kids and how we raise them and just what a, like, I think a awful experience it can be when you're just there's you know a long list of act- extracurriculars that we need them to engage in so they can build up a resume to get into the good school which is a ticket to a successful life and like what an awful like <laughs> yeah t- you know teleology of our existence oh my Ugh. gosh that makes me want to vomit if we have some, if we're actually turning towards the virtues we have like a matrix to ask okay how is like so there's a billion things we could do dance you know robot club like <laughs> sports and oh my gosh all these awful things we could do but like these activities how are they forming these virtues in my kids and that could be like a helpful screen to be like oh they are or they aren't and it would put them in their you know in their proper place and allow us to like give us the freedom i think to say no or take these other things like less, much, much, much less seriously than we do things that should be taken less seriously. Yeah, if that was just your your pyramid of beliefs, even if you didn't buy into it, I think you'd be better off. Yeah, so you can uh, steal these from Christianity without believing, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, might as well. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you're halfway there, baby. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's bring it on home. Back that truck up here. <laughs> beep, beep. Hey, back uh, that thing up. <laughs> call back call back i have uh i have one more thing to bring this is what i brought up at the uh this is also a call back to the the picnic from it was last a great pic- it was a very fruitful picnic this was uh this fellow was brought up as an example high intellect dubious moral character no well it's hard to say personal but i'll peter singer the uh the philosopher the from, infamous peter singer yeah popular philosopher i mean popular in as far as philosophers go. (laughs) His his name may not be ringing a bell with all listeners out there immediately. But uh, a couple of the ideas he's advanced, and um, I am not mischaracterizing these. You can look them up. He is for infanticide. Yes. The Uh, killing of infants. The killing of infants. uh, Up to two years old? I don't know. Yeah. He is for the killing of mentally challenged children. Uh, I think at any age up until, I, I don't know, I think it gets loose around there. But look it up. It's he's So those are his morals. He also has some odd thoughts about animals and bestiality that you should look up as well. But th- he is a prominent 
very, very bright. Princeton I have no University. doubt that his IQ dwarfs oh, mine. Surpasses, far surpasses <laughs> ours. Um, but those two things are completely separate. His ideas, I believe, uh, I don't know if all of them are, but the ones that make the headlines are monstrous. Like downright monstrous. Yeah. If instituted, would make life a horror show for everyone. And he is uh, lauded. He is awarded. He is uh, showered with money. He is showered with praise. He is published. So again, I, I don't. I can't think of a starker an example. extreme. Yeah, of an extremely smart person, yes. a very intelligent person, whose morality um, is, you know, just the. I mean, just vile. He's he's a broken. It's a broken mind. It's a broken moral compass. And uh, well, his mind is probably sharp, but his yes, his moral compass. His is, moral compass is utterly shattered and broken. And uh, so, I think that's a stark example of how these two intelligence, morality, do not. They 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 blend only when they do, if that makes sense. Right, right. and I think that the morality in- aligns with your mind and your thinking, and that is what we should all strive for. Intelligence, a bad master, but a wonderful servant right. of, vir- of the virtues. Yes, of the Christian life. All right, that was good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Me too. That was I, I'm really I'm still yeah. I'm rubbing my hands yeah. together. I, you <laughs> can see that I was like I almost was knocking into my microphone as I was getting. I hit the excited. ceiling a couple yeah, times. So you may have hear the. The microphone knocks. So thank you for joining us on that journey. Think about that. Give it some thought. Chew it over. And uh, we'll take a little break. And we'll be back with William W. Joel the 14th. No, I, I have no idea. What we'll look up his middle name. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I'm adding this on, and I'm surprising um, Pastor Dave with this. We're doing uh, corrections and addendums to previous podcasts as just a short thing. When, oh, okay. we, when we return okay. after this like trees walking friends of our podcast thank you so so much for listening we hope that you enjoy the conversation if you do there's just a couple things that would really help us out one of them is go to itunes Rate it five stars, review it with effusive praise, and uh, that just helps us, you know, and there's some kind of algorithm, a proprietary algorithm we can't crack, but we know that if we get good ratings and good reviews, more people find us. Uh, you could also share the podcast on your social media. Um, there's always stuff at uh, Like Trees Walking Podcast on Facebook. You can like the Facebook page. You can uh, follow on Twitter at LTW Pod or at Michael J. Nelson or at David underscore Berge. Uh, there will be no more ats in this uh, in this appeal. Uh, or you can go to LikeTreesWalkingPod.com. You can sign up for the email newsletter there. We uh, occasionally flood your inbox with spam or pictures or other cool stuff. So we appreciate your uh, fandom, your patronage, your listening, your encouragement. It means the world to us. Um, and so thank you. And let's get back to the pod. And we are back. Thank you, Pastor, for that. And thank you all out there for listening and uh, for rating us and all of that stuff. Um, quick department, I promised you, before we get to William M. Joel's. Uh, Joel's? Joel's. Joel. William M. Joel. Joel. 
You said William M. Joel's, like a plural. Yeah, but his Joel's oh, it's, oh, department. It's, oh, that was a possessive. Oh, okay. Possessive. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. Whew, we don't have to issue a correction on that. <laughs> but we do have to issue one on, um, I had conflated two things in my mind, as I often do. I'm old and feeble. And uh, we had talked about earlier about, in an earlier episode, about a man's got to have a code. Yes, and you... Which I had attributed to a um, uh, Clint Eastwood movie. And, and uh, so let's clarify things now. Here's the... What it's actually from, this is from The Wire. This yes. This is Omar from The Wire, which you correctly described. And I thought he had taken it from an earlier thing. But so my I own was errata, wrong. My own errata. I had said that this was said by Bunk, but it was said by Omar and Bunk. Okay. All right. So here it is. And then I'm issuing my Mia couple with no apologies, but I will just, in a second, we'll, we'll clarify why I got the two confused. It wasn't a total, total wreck okay. uh, and we'll explain that okay so here it is from uh, the wire a man got to have a code all right that's good a man got to have a code yep a man's got to have a code and then bunk later says the same thing now this is what i thought it was from but it's a very similar sentiment and here it is from uh, clint eastwood what's the movie the enforcer or no i have no idea. it doesn't say oh, it's, it's from one of the, the dirty harry's all right here we go here we go Man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> so a little different sentiment, but we were talking about a thing that made it relevant. So that was my mistake. And for those of out there who were shrieking, well, like that's not a no. Hopefully that brings clarity and peace into your life. And I apologize for causing mental distress. Two things that a man has to do. Yes, he's got have to. a code and know his limitations. That's it, right? It's that true. is the the full. That's a virtue, I think, right? That there. is the uh, the whole of the uh, the law, I believe. Is <laughs> hangs on these two hangs things. Hangs on these two things. <laughs> oh, that's not good to say. I apologize. All right, let's. Uh, we are entering our new department as promised, and let's give you a little taste of what we're talking about. There it is. Ah. William M. Joel. His magnum opus. We didn't start the fire. And we have been doing, just to not over-explain this, I have been testing Pastor Dave with the lyrics of this to uh, explain, give an exegesis of each thing mentioned in the song. And if he can do two, concur- not concurrently, but just two, two years. Yes, two years. Uh the quiz is over, and then we postpone it for another couple of podcasts. <laughs> Come on, this is gold. This is, is good stuff. David's shaking his head, saying, "Why are we back here again?" No, I like. I enjoy it actually. Okay, yeah, you're good at it. I'm feigning. I'm feigning like uh, it's just more the song itself, like the, is obnoxious. I will not stand behind the song. I cannot. Um, is there any Billy Joel song that you can stand behind? I think he's a tunesmith. He an- he annoys me. The I piano think. man. Oh, I, that annoys. It's me. so sh- that annoys me so much. Quick with a joke and a lot of a smoke. That is a I would say an immature work, but it's, I can't. But then I can't name any of his mature works. Crocodile Rock stands up to. Would you stop? That is not <laughs> Billy Joel. That is the great Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I can't. I don't know. Is there any? River of Dreams? Ugh. That's late, Joel. Sad doo-wop. Ugh. Yeah, all right. Well, in the middle of the... I go walking in my... In the middle of the... I go... All right, that means it's time to start the quiz <laughs> when we start we sing. singing River of Dreams. All right, I did some research because, uh, honestly, I would not have remembered where we left off here. You should, like, so. you should like make a mark or something on the page. <laughs> well, that would require work. And <laughs> we would need an, an, uh, you know, a, a producer. We, need an, we, need an, we could use an intern. Yeah, we're for, for everyone out there, we are by ourselves here. This is all it's just a two-man operation. And when I say two man, I mostly mean one man. I'm running the show here, man. It's <laughs> true. Look at me That's working this board. <laughs> that is true, actually. Given the quizzes. That is no, true, actually. That is not true at all. All right. Anyway, so we ended on, and I will sing it for you, and I'll back away from the mic as I do this. We ended on, Belgians in the Congo! And you got that correct. I did. Or I gave it to you. I, it was You were a little wishy-washy yeah. on it, but I gave it to you. So we are at 1961, and we will start... <sighs> The quiz again. Does he go to the 80s? I think he goes up to when it was written. I, I'll, oh, my God. I'm jumping ahead. I have many pages. No, he starts to condense uh, at, from 64 to 89. He goes into condensed mode. Like That's not... I thought that was cheating. Like, wait a minute. Why are those years less important, Billy? Just because you weren't you know, in your prime at that point or whatever. Um, all right. Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway, the great author, died. How? In that year. Uh, didn't he like drink himself to death or something like that? Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you it just to move this thing along. Uh, he famously what? committed suicide, I believe, with a shotgun. Oh, well, because he was a drunk, right? Well, I don't, Wasn't know, that, he a I don't know that one had anything to do with the other. He was depressed, he was self-medicating. And he yeah, Winston <laughs> Churchill was a drunk, and he was fine. I'm advocating. Was Hemingway, drunk, wasn't Hemingway, like, wasn't he famous, though, for like drinking and writing a lot? Like, yes, 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 he did not stray from that uh, model of the the early model of the writer. Yeah, he also uh, very much made himself out to be more than he was. Like he'd picture himself next to you know the rhinoceros that he'd killed with his bare hands, and it was all a big ruse, from what I understand. All right, let's continue. <laughs> Eichmann. Oh, Adolf Eichmann, the uh, notorious. Uh, he was a Nazi. And he, I'm sure he was discovered that year, probably like living in Argentina or something like that. That is precisely it. I assume by uh, Ely Wiesel. I don't know. I, don't, I think that was the. I think that was his operation, his first big success. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. Boy, that's reference to a song. Ooh, or a book, actually, a book. Reference to a book. <laughs> Final answer. Yeah, book. The book by. Can you name anything about it? Oh, geez. Um, no, I can't. All right. Chinua Acheme. That year is a wash. 61 is gone. Do you know who Dylan, do you know what Berlin, and do you Bob know what Dylan. Bay of Pigs are? Yeah, I know Berlin, Berlin Wall. And Bay of Pigs? Bay of Pigs was the botched invasion of the, that the U.S. supported of Cuba. Fair enough, if you had just known what Stranger in a Strange Land was. <sighs> 1962. Okay. Lawrence of Arabia. Hit picture. With, can you name an actor or what it was about? Uh, Lawrence of Lawrence Olivier. Oh, please don't I'm do kidding, that. I'm kidding. Back up and give me the real answer, <laughs> and I'll let this go. Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, about who? Oh, it was about Lawrence of Arabia. What's his name? Oh my god! Uh, uh, who was in it? Can you name who? If you, uh, if Alec you could, Guinness was in it. I know Alec Guinness was in Lawrence of Arabia. 
was he was not he wasn't the star, the star but he was star. in the movie. Can you name the star? <laughs> um, uh, I can't name the star. Of, uh, you can't name the star or who it was about. Well, I know it was about Lawrence of Arabia. It was about a. But what's his real name? I can't. Nobody's I don't... named Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> yes, he, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know Lawrence what. <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's your first problem. <laughs> It was about T.E. Lawrence. It starred yeah. Peter O'Toole. Oh. So, wow, 62 goes down. I, no, 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 I got that right. You did not. You said it's the movie about Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> that does not cover. You gave me no I additional said it's fact. A movie. It's a movie. Yes. A That's famous like saying movie. Star Wars. Name something about Star Wars. It's a movie <laughs> called Star Wars. That doesn't, <laughs> okay. right? Okay. That's where you all right. No, because in a particular, it could also be like about the U.S. like missile defense shield that they. But were it's not. Okay. That's right. the point. Uh, British Beatlemania, Ole Miss, John Glenn, Liston beats Patterson, and that was sixty-two. I would have gotten the rest. Okay, sixty-three. Pope Paul died that year. Which Pope Paul? Pope Paul. Pope Paul the. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Paul the third. That's wrong. Can you name anything that he did? He did something very significant. Uh, He convened uh, the Second Vatican Council. There we go. All right. Now we're moving. Now we're cooking. Here we go. Cooking with gas. Can hear the paper shaking people. All right. Malcolm X. Uh, The civil civil rights leader, um, member of the Nation of Islam. Or when the movie was made about Malcolm X, remember the joke? I didn't see the first nine Malcolms. (laughs) British politician sex. Oh yeah, that was uh, what was the, it was that scandal basically. He like, has a, an interesting name. It's very memorable. What is his name? Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name, but I remember like there was basically like that. And the British papers they have these. They ha- they don't have the First Amendment there, so it's really interesting what they can publish and what they can't in terms. Yeah. of... But yeah, it was this like basically the post-war you know ruling class was exposed as these uh, you know lecherous. Uh, Lecherous, perverse people. Yeah, it was known as the Profumo Affair. That Profumo Affair, yeah. Yes, that was his name. I always thought that name was like, if he just had a name that was different, it wouldn't have been as memorable for everyone. They would have gone away in a couple of weeks. This one, <laughs> we've discussed already. Hopefully you'll get this JFK blown away. <laughs> it's a very... That's not crude funny. way That's of. Not uh, <laughs> I know it's the, the phrasing of it that he put in there. It's when uh, the mafia killed uh, John F. Kennedy. That's no, when J. J-, J- what's yeah, yes, the, the Lee Harvey Oswald shot the president of the United right. States. Right. It's when the uh, the the guys who faked the moon landing. Shot. November was that November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. It 21st? was the I believe it was the twenty first. Yeah, it was the day of uh, C. S. Lewis. C. S. Lewis. And Aldous Huxley Aldous died that Huxley. same day. Yeah. All right. Now it gets difficult. We're we're nearing the end of this because now he did. Races. I get sixty three. You did. Okay. So now I think if you just get let's say uh, four concurrent because he usually has four things in a year. So he's racing through the years. So it's going to be difficult to tease this out. But okay. let's go four in a row from here on, and this quiz is over. Not for all time because we still have to go up to nineteen eighty nine. Uh okay. Uh, birth control. The birth control pill was introduced that year. Artificial birth control. Yeah, I mean, it became an issue. It was invented before that, but but that's when it. Beca- Why did it become an issue then? Uh because it, it 
he's just pointing out that it became an issue in the I guess swing in 60s. Swing in 60s yeah. and, you know, a, you disconnect sex from pregnancy. Exactly. And it's part of the sexual revolution. Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh was the uh, communist leader of uh, the North Vietnamese uh, army and country. Richard Nixon back again. Oh, well, Tricky Dick. Hi, honey, I'm home. <laughs> Richard Nixon's back again. <laughs> well, because Nixon, um, he, wa- he was the, uh, I mean, was he a senator from California? And then he was the vice president of the United States under I- Eisenhower. And then he ran unsuccessfully against John F. Kennedy, uh, but then ran successfully, um, defeated Hubert H. Humphrey, I believe, in 1968 to become president of the United States. Or as he's known, Hubert Horatio Hornblower. Do you know that incident? I didn't know. That's how, I believe, uh, was it Jimmy Carter who introduced him at a Democratic <laughs> convention, did the big run-up, and then said, and now welcome, Hubert Horatio Hornblower. <laughs> That's fantastic. Just conflated the things in his head and just yelled it out. That's awesome. Our own HHH. Oh, this uh, little summation of this mentioned something that was funny to a lot of baby boomers, of which I am not a baby boomer, by the way. You're Gen X. Whatever that I don't. You're know. like Kurt Cobain the, right in front of me. Yeah, um, was that he went on the the program Laughing? Oh yeah, do you know this? I do know this. And do you remember his pronunciation of from the famous line from Laughing? It was like "sock it to me." Exactly. <laughs> Is that how he exactly said it? Exactly right. <laughs> Where it was supposed to be sort of a "sock it to me, baby," and he did "sock it to me." <laughs> <laughs> the, the oddest line reading. And I think it was on like the first guy who won who wants to be a millionaire, like got the million bucks or whatever. Oh, or, really? Yeah. He that was like the last question. Ooh, and, and it was right. which seemed kind of easy for the million bucks. And uh and so he did and he had all his lifelines or he had the phone friend. So he phoned a friend and was like, I just want to let you know I'm about to win a million bucks. Oh wow. <laughs> which is like boom. That's cool. Uh all right, the last one is just moonshot. We, which is a great drink. <laughs> Just you put some of that sweet moon juice in there. We made it to the we made it to the moon. You know, J- JFK had said in the early sixties. Was this before he was blown away? No, it was. So he said before. <laughs> no, he was, it wasn't. Well, it was yes, after. It was. <laughs> okay, <laughs> stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> stop it. So early in his presidency, he gave the you know famous like speech where he's saying. You know, within the next decade, we will go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. And then... Did uh, he say decade? The next decade? Yeah, I think he said in the next decade. Wow, that is a very lofty pronunciation. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, he he set the the moonshot was we were going to we were gonna put a man on the moon. And he was right. Before the end of that decade, the 60s, we put a man on the moon. And then R.E.M. They put a man on the moon. Man on the moon. That's like you're right up your alley, REM. Yeah, you're not a oh. you're not a baby boomer. You're a REM. Why doesn't Mike like <laughs> REM? That's a great. Uh, I think that's not that controversial, but let's do a why doesn't Mike like later. Another All episode right. for REM. We will. All right. Well, you did it. Uh the that's quiz is me in the corner. Okay. That's me in the spot. Line. It's like he's just about to die before every line. He's just got just one more breath to get out another but line. But he gets it out. He gets it out. Oh, he's so pained, it. though. It takes so much from him. It becomes a skeleton because of it. 
All right, what was our big topic today? The it was Billy Joel thing. It's like, I don't even remember it. <laughs> it was intelligence and virtue. Okay, and, don't and confuse. The, Never the, the twain shall meet. The mistaken well, they conflation. They yes. can meet. They, they can, they they meet, can meet, meet all the time. They can kiss. But don't <laughs> make an idol of intelligence. Um, cultivate. Instead, we should focus instead on cultivating virtue. And then intelligence can be the servant of that or not. But you can be good. We can all be good. Yes. We can't all be smart. That is correct. And remember, a man's got to know his limitations. A man's got to have a code. And we are like trees walking. Now you sound like Batman. Where are they? <laughs> Where are they? They are here at Like Trees Walking. <laughs> and we are Mike Nelson and Dave Berge. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back again soon.